0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hope everyone had a great, restful, too much, not too much eating Thanksgiving. If, if you did, if you did, you did. It's all right. Once a year won't hurt you. Let's pray. We're we're going to be dealing in the book of Acts. I know we've been dealing with the book of the Revelation of John. Uh, we're shifting now to the book of Acts, and uh, this particular passage. Uh, As you go through it today, you're going to find a lot of yourself in this passage. Trust me on this. There's a lot about you in this passage in the 10th chapter of the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the Apostles. That's what Acts, that's why it's titled Acts. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the Apostles. All right? Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, here we are once again. Thanking and praising you for your abundant grace, your mercy, your goodness, and your love. We're here, Father, for no other purpose than to hear from you. Our hearts are open. Our minds are alert. We want to receive, God, from you this morning. We want to be taught. We want to be led. We want to know what you want us to do. We're open to you, God, in the name of Jesus. We know, God, that sometimes we've gone our own way, done our own thing, been our own person, sat on our own throne. But now, God, in these days and times, we need to hear from you. We need a word from the Lord. And for this, we say thank you. We thank you, first of all, for your darling son, Jesus, who died on the cross, that we might have the right to the tree of life. Arose on the third day justified us, God. We thank you. Thank you, Father God, for accepting us. As a part of your family. For adopting us into the family of God. Thank you for breaking down the middle wall of partition. That stood between man and God. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Oh God we take you for granted so much. Oh God we treat treat you like you're coming so much. Oh God we forget sometimes how blessed we are. Because you have decided that you would let us into your kingdom. Thank you God. Oh God we repent. If we haven't been thankful enough, grateful enough, haven't praised you enough, we repent because we know without you, we can do nothing and we thank you. We thank you now for your loving kindness, your goodness and your grace. Now, God, we ask you to heal those who are sick in their bodies. Heal those who are sick in their minds. Heal those who are sick in their spirits. Heal those who just need a touch, a human touch because of COVID. They've been a long time without human touch, a long time without companionship. God, heal right now. Cover them, God, with your, with your precious spirit, God. Hug them, God. Do have, have them to do as David did and encourage themselves. But, God, put them in a position so they can have human touch and contact. Thank you, oh, God. Now, God, we pray this morning for this particular place where we're assembled. Hope we're a missionary Baptist church in Norcross, Georgia, that you would bless the bishop as he stands to deliver your word. Your word is true. It's already blessed and anointed, but anoint the vessel that is coming through. God, we pray right now that you bless the teacher this morning. Consecrate me now as I offer myself for consecration as the people are ready to hear and receive. God, forgive us for every sin we committed. By word or deed, put us in right standing with you by the blood of Jesus. We thank you this morning. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. It is in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's journey now um, over to the... Book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the Apostles. Now, what you will find out in your personal time and Bible study, uh, if you go back and read the entirety of chapter 10, may I take a moment and tell you a little bit about what's going on? So, we're about AD 35 or 36, three or four years after uh, Christ's ascension. Now, our main focus today is on Peter and a man named Cornelius. You should always get happy. You should always get excited when you see anything that has to do with Peter after the resurrection. Because what Peter gives you is a great way to minister to people. Because if God can restore Peter, you already say that. Peter denied Jesus three times. Said he wasn't his Lord, wasn't his Savior. Said he didn't know him. As a matter of fact, he went all the way back down to the country and started cussing. <laughs> then Peter pulled out a switchblade knife. When they came to arrest you, he ran his hand in his pocket and cut off Malchus' servant's ear. That Peter is the one that God chose to deliver The false post-Pentecost sermon, that Peter, that Peter ought to encourage you because there may be those in your family that you feel are beyond reach, those in your family who messed up and keep messing up over and over and over again, and you feel like there's no path back for them. But Peter tells you that there's nobody beyond the reach of the grace of God. No matter what they've done, I don't know if there's anything worse than denying Jesus. But Peter was restored fully back into the fellowship with the other the other apostles. But more than that, God still used him to do what God had called him to do. Let me tell you something. There may be those of you now sitting here or, 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 or virtually that God has told you to do something, giving you an assignment and you maybe you have slept on it, maybe you haven't done it. And you, you keep telling, giving God an excuse after excuse after excuse, but just trust and believe you're going to do it. Because God's not going to leave you alone until you do what he says to you. Uh, you will remember now when, you, when we meet Peter in, in chapter 10, despite his being restored. Watch this now. Despite he being redeemed and brought back into the fellowship, Peter still is not doing what God told him to do. yes. He preached a powerful sermon at Pentecost. 3,000 were added to the church that day. But that wasn't his assignment. You remember what his assignment was? God gave he and the other disciples all the same assignment. We refer to it as the what? Great commission. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel. Baptize men in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These signs and one will follow you. They weren't doing that. At least, not as to all men at this time. By the time you get to chapter ten in Acts, all Christians are Jews. Everybody in the church, the church at Jerusalem, which was the only established church at this time, all were Jews, converted to Christianity. There were no Gentiles in the church by the proper, none. Despite the fact that from the time of the Proto Evangelium in Genesis three fifteen. God had always signaled to us that he wanted everybody included, but because people were prejudiced and they were setting their ways as Jewish followers, they had not done it yet. But now we come to a seismic shift in the spread of the gospel in chapter 10 of, verse, of, of the book of Acts. Uh, the Jewish tradition, the Jewish uh, attitudes, the Jewish uh, rituals, those were things that the Jews held dear as a race, as an ethnicity, and they felt anything that mixed with that would make them ceremoniously unclean. It's the reason why the woman with the issue of blood was so reticent to, to go out in public because she was ceremoniously unclean, but she needed a healing, and she did that. Now, what, you're going to hear a lot today about clean and unclean. Let me tell you the difference between Old Testament and New Testament. In the Old Testament, if you came in contact with something that was unclean, it automatically made you unclean. That's why Samson wasn't supposed to touch the dead body. But in the New Testament, Jesus flipped the script and said, if you unclean and come in contact with clean, unclean don't get unclean, clean gets on unclean because I'm Mr. Clean. He's Mr. Clean. You can't defile Jesus. All these people you think have all these problems that make them not qualified to be in the kingdom. You cannot defile Jesus. He's going to be, always be clean. You have to bring them to clean, and their unclean gets converted to clean. You can't soil Jesus. People have done thrown dirt on his name, thrown dirt on the Bible, thrown dirt on the church. But Jesus remains... As the savior of the world, the son of the true and living God. People have done all kinds of things to manipulate the word, to justify slavery, to justify uh, 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 misogyny, to justify cruelness and meanness and wars. But it doesn't change the fact that Jesus is still Jesus. You can't make him unclean. So, 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 so we come now to, to a time where, 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 remember, people in the Bible are still people. Subject to what? Prejudices, vicissitudes. Attitudes, they're people. There's only one deity. That's God. And only one deity on earth in the person of a man. That's Jesus. Everybody else, just regular old human beings. They are not angels. And they said that. Peter was a cusser, a knife carrier. And, he, and you won't, you won't, you won't, he'll, he'll fight you. He, he, I mean, you catch these hands, that's with Peter. God restored him. So, so, Chapter 10 comes around, and Peter is traveling through the areas around about Jerusalem, and he had stopped to visit some believers who lived, in, uh, who lived there because of a woman named Lydia. Uh, then he went down to Joppa. You remember Joppa. Joppa is the place where Jonah went to catch his ship. To, he's supposed to go to Nineveh, but he went to Tarsus. All right? So while he's in, in, in Joppa, Peter... Now is dealing with a, a, a sick a child um, uh, called Tabitha, and Peter actually prays for Tabitha, and she comes back to life. So, so Peter is working fully in the anointing, because he's got the ability through the through the power of the Holy Spirit to lay hands on somebody and they come back to life. But he's still not doing his assignment. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Elder Ware. You mean to tell me I can be doing all these good works? I'm going to be doing all these things I'm supposed to do. I'm at Sunday school every, every Sunday. I'm at Bible study. I'm at church. I go to revival. I go to Baptist training union. I go to choir rehearsal. I'm a usher. I'm on a deacon board. But if you're not doing your assignment, you're not doing what God told you to do. Peter, despite having raised the woman from the dead, God said, I, I appreciate that, but I told you to do something else. And you're not doing it. So watch. So Peter then... Um, Everywhere he, st- he stayed in Joppa, I think the man's name was Simon. And uh, uh, then uh, Peter then is uh, uh, praying one day and he has a vision. And the vision that he has is uh, like a big sheep being lowered down from heaven and the sheep's going to fall on him. And inside the sheep, he can, in the sheep, he can see that they're all kind of four-footed beasts. Uh, all of them were unclean according to the Levitical law. The Jewish law, after post-slavery, God is trying to teach them how to be a people, and he establishes for them not only a structure but a diet. And the diet excluded certain things, right? So what you had, you could not have the chitlins, you had Thursday and be a Jew. (laughs) The hot malls and the the bacon, no, no. But when the sheep came down, Peter was told to eat. You're hungry. Because he was when he was praying. And Peter said, I can't. I've never touched anything unclean. He's being more Jew now than Christian. He said, I've never done it. Watch this. Three times he's commanded to eat of the animals that he considers unclean. Three times. Does that match anything for you? There's three denials. God keeps trying to give us chance after chance. About the same time, there is a man uh, down uh, in Caesarea named Cornelius. Uh, Cornelius was a centurion. A centurion is a soldier in charge of at least 100 men. Centurions cannot marry. Uh, They are devoted to the cause. And as you know, the Jews at that time were occupied by the Romans, or what we would call the Italians. And so in the north, which is uh, Galilee, there are people stationed there. And then in the south, which is Judea, which is where Jerusalem is, there were people there. And Cornelius was there as a person in charge of a crew, but he was a Roman citizen. But for whatever reason, Cornelius believed in God. And the Bible tells us, although he was a military man, he, he was believing God, and trying very hard to understand what this God thing was all about, because remember the Romans were polytheistic; they believed in many gods. Romans believed that everything had a spirit—that this Bible cover has a spirit, that these, you know, these these, these air have a, everything has a spirit. They they it, it's called animistic, not analyst, but a n i m i s t i c. They they believed everything had a spirit, so they had all these gods. And you all, like I did in school, you had to study. The gods of the Romans and the Greek gods and all that and Athena and Jupiter and Zeus. And, and so, somehow, Cornelius found out who God was, the one true God, and began to believe in God, but he was untaught. Okay? He, he understood the basic tenets, but he was untaught in the ways of God, and he began to seek God to give him guidance. And God said to him, here's what you do. Send to Joppa by these men who report to you and tell them to bring back a man named Peter who you'll find at Simon the Tanner's house. So Cornelius is a man of great authority. He sends his three servants, go to Joppa, go to Simon the Tanner's house, find Peter and tell Peter to come over here. And that's what happened. So by the time... Peter is praying and having his vision. Cornelius is is having a vision from God, and God tells him, send somebody to get somebody who can teach you. May I tell you something? All of us ought to want to be taught, including your Sunday school teacher. All of us ought to want to be taught. Whenever you get to the place where nobody can teach you anything, you have lost your ever-loving mind. All of us need to be taught. And be careful of people who know everything and can't be taught. God, deliver me from those kind of people. Because when you when you're in a teaching mode, you learn more. So what? So, so, so Peter has this vision, and God says something to him that I want to read to you. Um, He says, uh, God says to him, "Don't, don't." Call anything I've made clean unclean, and then at the same time, look at verse nineteen of chapter uh, ten. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit—you see that have capital S—said unto him, "Behold, three men seek thee." Listen, whenever you genuinely are seeking God, He will send the answer. You don't have to. Call, you don't have to dial into the seven hundred club. You don't have to go to the lady uh, on the side of the road in the trailer with the hand on up. Mm-mm. When you genuinely seek God, God will send an answer uh, if you're genuine. Now you can't manipulate God, right? Say, "Oh God, I want to do this," and if I get in my car and a squirrel go across the road, I know that's you speaking to me. Well, you know squirrels in the road, right? If you, you manipulate, right? So, 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 God says to Peter, three men at the three men seek thee." Now Peter doesn't know. Anything about what's going on, why it's going on, what's about. But he, he is being told by the Spirit <coughs> that people are seeking him. Now, notice that there's a difference between a vision and a dream. You are conscious when you have a vision. You are fully conscious, all right? God just uses that mold to sort of get you to a little different realm. But you're not unconscious when you have a vision. And you how you know it's from God is because you are led by the Spirit. The Bible teaches us though to what? Try the Spirit by the Spirit. Don't, don't just run off and do something crazy because you have a dream or a vision. Because it might not be from God. It might be too many collard greens after 9 o'clock. Okay? So if you are if you are a spiritual person, you'll be able to discern and make some decisions. All right, let's let's pick up our lesson and we'll be ready to go. Sorry for the long introduction, but um uh you know, as, as, as Susan tells you, I'm just like that. I have to give you context because if you don't get context, it's just a con. That's why so many preachers have misled people. Context is important. So here we pick up now. We are in Caesarea. We are uh, with Peter, who's been basically not arrested, but basically arrested by these three men who work for Cornelius and brought back to Cornelius' house. And Peter then gets there, and I want you to see something because it's not not a lesson, but it's very important. Uh, Number one, these are, again, they're Gentiles. uh, And they are centurion, and they are, excuse me, they are Romans, and and the Jews hated them. But I want you to understand, uh, because I noticed there's this this movement afoot here recently called, y'all may have heard about it, Called Black Hebrews or Black. Have y'all seen that? They're very prominent. Uh, God never intended for salvation to be just to the Jews. Uh, Never. Adam and Eve were not Jews, That, that, that wasn't what made God make them. They were human beings. But what's important here is that. Jesus always extended his love to everybody. You all remember what's coming up in a couple of weeks, the Christmas story. What do you have on your front lawn right now in your window at the manger? Who's there? The three what? Where are they from? Babylon. Are they Jews? No. No. So the people we think the most of when it comes to the announcement of the birth of Jesus Or Gentiles. So if he didn't want Gentiles around, why would he use the wise men? Always wanted Gentiles. Always wanted Gentiles around. And and Jesus was always dealing with Gentiles. We'll get to that in a minute. So uh, look at verse 25 of chapter 10. I just got to tell you, get this to you because it's important. Peter has already announced earlier that he never does anything that's unclean. He's a devout Jew. Look at verse 25. It says, and Peter, and as Peter was coming in, do you understand how big it was for Peter to broach that doorway? You'll miss it if you, if you read too fast. Peter gets there. He's at the home of a Gentile. Jews never went into a Gentile's house. I mean never. Because why? They would be unclean. The Bible said Peter got there. He'd heard from God. He went in. May I say to you that there, ha- there cannot be any places you will not go for the purpose of telling somebody about the Lord. Amen. I know you said, I can't stand my Auntie Susie. She drank. She cussed. I ain't going over there. I'm done with her. And you better go in. Right. I'm not going to deal with my crazy child. She's this and she's that and she won't act right. I'm not ever going back over there anymore. I'm de- if she want to see me, she can come see me. You, my friend, are not doing what God told you to do. You better go in. All right? Now watch. He comes in, and I like Cornelius because Cornelius now has also gathered together a bunch of his neighbors and said, come over here. This man's coming. Peter, he's going to teach us about the Lord. Y'all come over here. And then Peter when he goes, he takes three or four people with him. So we got about 15 20 people in this little small house. And, and Peter comes in. Now let's watch. Verse 34. You get the setting? We're in a Gentile's house. Probably in the living room sitting on the settee. All right? It's tense in there because this is not what you really supposed, they're not really supposed to be mixing like this. But they're there to hear the word of God. Now watch this. Then Peter opened his mouth And said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Peter, who is full of revelation, gets a revelation. I'm sitting in a Gentile's house, talking to Gentile people about the one true God. I just got a perception. God is no respecter of persons. Peter said, I just realized. That my being a Jew doesn't guarantee me interest into the kingdom. I just realized that just because my mama was a Baptist, my daddy was a Baptist, my grandma was a Baptist, my great-grandmama, all dipping snuff. I just realized God is no respecter of persons. That anybody who comes to Jesus, according to John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, right, that he gave his only begotten son that not Jew soever, whosoever believes in him shall, what, what? not perish. Peter says, I guess got this revelation. Look at this delayed revelation. God already told you to go in all the world and preach. God already told you this is a great commission. Why are you just not getting it? Because like Peter, like us, we're stubborn. And we want people who look like us. We want to go to church with people who look like us. We want to minister to people who look like us. We really, if we had our way, we'd only deal with people who had our immediate family, that, that would be our, the totality of our ministry. Y'all ain't saying nothing. So, <laughs> Peter says, God has revealed to this boy, I'm no respected person. If anybody don't know that, Peter, it ought to be you. And you ought to point to yourself and say, if God can change me, he can change anybody with your perfect self. I'm just telling you. Now watch. Watch this now. So, 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 so here, here's, <laughs> Peter says, I perceive that God is no respecter of person. Um, and if you go back to Deuteronomy, when you get home 1017 and 2 Chronicles 19, 7, you'll see that God never was. Jesus told them, I don't know if Peter was not paying attention that day or what. Jesus said, other sheep I have that are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and I will be their shepherd and they will be my sheep. They couldn't hear that because they were so wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in their Jewishness. Nothing wrong with it. It's just you don't have an exclusivity as to God. Nobody owns God. No religion owns God. No denomination owns God. You don't own God. You can't Use the fact that you've known about it longer as a weapon against those who don't know. The thing that hurts us in our evangelism and in our ministry is that we think we are superior to those who are unsaved. Now you just blessed. But you think you're superior. When you hear stories of people doing things and acting out, your, your nose curls up. I can't believe she did that. You used to do it before you got called. Say Amen, Wall. Right? Peter said, I, "Peter said, I, Peter said, y'all don't know what I've been through. I thought I was out. I thought I was done. He restored me. We gotta restore everybody else." Verse thirty-five. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Wow. Peter just took the whole Levitical law, the whole law of Deuteronomy, and etched it out, and said, "Because in Jesus all the law was fulfilled. Everybody, every nation that fears Him and wants to be righteous is accepted with Him. It is not based on nationality, not based on ethnicity. That's why God, no, I pray for my the Black Hebrew brothers." Because they're so sincere and so They've got all these followers now People just just, just missed it so bad I feel so sorry for them Because you don't have to be a Jew to get in I don't know why they are so into that But they are By the way You don't have to be Baptist to get in Don't get mad You don't have to be Methodist to get in And just because you go see the little man With the white hat on in the phone booth And tell him your secrets That doesn't mean you're going to get in one way in, Oprah? Not ways to God. One way, Oprah. Jesus is the only way to God. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. So what? He says, it's not by race or ethnicity. God doesn't have favorites. God doesn't have picks and pets. God doesn't have children he prefer. He wants everybody. He's in love with everybody. Body. He loves them as much as he loves you. If you could ever get that, your witness would change. That God loves your neighbor as much as He loves you. Your witness would change. You wouldn't be so haughty and high-minded. If you begin to understand that God loves all of us the same, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. There is no. I, I, I love Shirley Caesar, uh, but Caesar, but she's wrong. You're not next in line. There's no line. At the foot of the cross, we're all on the same plane. Nobody's in front of you, nobody's behind you. We all have access to Him by grace. I want to move on. Y'all don't like me. So, now watch this. Peter's Peter's going to level set this now because you can't just, as a teacher, uh, Pastor Robin and Sister Susan, you, you just can't make up your own philosophy. If you're teaching from the Bible, you have to teach the Bible. Okay? So Peter said, I'm not going to throw the whole thing out. Let me explain to you how this works. Okay? That's what Peter says. Peter says, look at verse 36. He says, uh, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, is Lord of all. He says, the Jews were DoorDash.'" The Jews were Grubhub. You make an order. The people you, who, who, you, who cook the food for you, give it to DoorDash. Give it to Grubhub and they bring it to you. But Grubhub and DoorDash, they don't own the food. They are merely a catalyst, a conduit to get the food to you. Right? You don't compliment the DoorDash driver for how the food tastes. Because he didn't make it. you hope he didn't get a couple of your fries as he was sitting at the stop sign. Because you know they do that. Peter says, I'm not diminishing the role of the Jews. God had to have a people that he could demonstrate through. But I'm telling you, they didn't invent it. It's the word of God, not the word of the Jews. And he's, saying, and he's not saying... That the Jews are to be denigrated or looked down upon. He's, I'm not saying that. We ought to honor the Jewish nation. Why? Because through they, Jesus came through them. Thank God. Peter said, but I just want you to know this. He is Lord of all. And notice what Peter does here. Uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, Luke, the writer, uh, 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 you notice that he uses that Lord. And you know from being in this class, when you see that Lord all caps, what's that? That's Elohim, that's, the, that's Yahweh. Peter takes Yahweh, that is the Jewish name for God, and gives it to everybody to use. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D in the Greek. That's Yahweh. That's Elohim. That's God, the omnipotent one, the ever-present one. God who can, is at the, at the same place at the same time. He never has to leave anywhere to get anywhere. He can stand flat-footed and be tiptoed at the same time. He can go left and right at the same time. He can come see about you while he's seeing about me. That God, Peter said, is Lord of all. He doesn't belong to the Jews. Oh, he said, I, I know that that's what we have maybe told you all throughout the time, but he said, I'm setting it straight now. I was with Jesus. I know what he said. I know Jesus. He told me it's available to everybody because he told me to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Uh, in Judea, in Galilee, in Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world that couldn't be just the Jews because Jews weren't in the uttermost part of the world. They were just in Israel. Lord of all. The roots of the gospel start with the Jews, but they don't own it. And and, 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 and you have the right like everybody else. Uh, uh, it took a vision for Peter to get it he should have got it when, when, when Jesus gave him, gave him the commission. But it took him a minute. Why? Because we all have to go through a process. You have to come to the knowledge of God. That takes what? Teaching. Now, this what happens here is important because Peter's going to get called into court about this in a couple more chapters uh, to explain what he's doing. Because remember, this is going forth among Gentiles. This sermon he's preaching is to Gentiles and the Jewish boys he brought with him. Everybody in there shocked. Everybody at the church that day are shocked. The Jews who came with him are shocked. First of all, they shocked the inside the house. I'm surprised they went in. Do y'all remember when, when the centurion said to Jesus, hey, uh, Jesus, uh, my servant is at home sick. Jesus said, let's go. He said, oh, no, no, no. I don't, you, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. He said, just say the word. But Jesus was so Jesus that you can't make him unclean by a threshold. I go to your house, man. I'm not scared. So, so, so they're all in there. So, watch this. Uh, uh, the sovereignty of God extends to everybody because you can't be God and just be God of certain people. That would make you God, right? That make any sense? God, by definition, has to be the master of the universe. Why would you make God so small that he can only serve a certain group of people? By race or ethnicity. You're making God too small. God is everywhere at the same time. Peter says he's Lord of all or he's not Lord. If he can do anything, he can do everything. That's who who God is. Let's, Let's walk with me a little bit. Walk with me. Verse 37. Oh uh, no! Thirty-six. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. He said that 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 this is the conduit, the way, the method. But that but the point was, He just wanted you to get it. you had to have somebody He could point to that would try to keep His command. We know the Jews didn't do that. The children of Israel didn't do it, right? They, they didn't. They failed God multiple times. But God didn't withdraw his grace. Why? He needed them to get the word to the world. Now watch, verse 37. The word, I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Peter now summarized the ministry of Jesus Christ. He began by saying, I I know you know this word because that's all everybody's been talking about. Everybody's been talking about Jesus, for the last uh, at least three years, four years, five years, because it was such a fantastic, marvelous thing that happened, he said, I know you've heard about it. Uh, I know you've heard this word. He says, because it began up north and came down south, you know about it. I'm not teaching you something. I'm not making this up. There's a reason we're all here together. The word is real, and it works. Now watch. This, This John, the Romans would know about because the Romans had John arrested and beheaded. For doing one thing, preaching repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's all John preached. The 8 o'clock service, John said, my subject is repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. At the 11 o'clock service, first Sunday, he preached it. First, first, second Sunday, third Sunday, fourth Sunday, fifth Sunday. That's all John preached. And for that, he was arrested and beheaded. And he was the cousin of Jesus Christ. Now... Yeah. Peter said, y'all centurions, I know you heard about it. I knew you. Cause, and y'all also arrested Jesus. So I know you know who I'm talking about. He said, let's keep walking. Verse 38. This, is, this, will, this will bless your socks off. How, here's what you've heard. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. What? With the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Hey. If Jesus only said he was the Messiah and never did anything, he'd be like other people who were saying that. But Jesus was able to, by demonstration, by hard, irrefutable evidence, prove that he was the Messiah. John sent to Jesus and said, ask Jesus if he's the Messiah or do we look for another? And Jesus said, I don't need to brag about it. Go tell John to look at what the word says in the Old Testament. The word says, you'll know the Messiah because the dumb will talk, the deaf will hear, the stammering tongue will be loosed, the dead will be raised. He said, go tell John what's happening. What's happening, Jesus? The dumb talk, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and people have hope. That's the Messiah. I don't have to brag about it. I just be about it. Yeah. So we, you knew it was him because there was irrefutable, uncontrovertible evidence that he was, because nobody could do it like Jesus. Nobody could do it like him. He says, he healed all those who were oppressed of the devil. We've forgotten about that now because along with your therapy, please pray. Encourage people to get therapy, but please pray. Because a therapist cannot help you get from under the oppression of the devil. Only God can do that. The therapist is fantastic and wonderful and they should be used, but they cannot because they don't have the authority or power. But when, when it's an oppression of the enemy, guess who can do that? One person. Jesus Christ. Woo. He, he, why? Because God was with him. We, we just got three more verses, then I'm going to let y'all go. All right? Verse 39. And we are witnesses. That word witness is a legal term. And as a lawyer, whenever I see witness in the Bible, I stop. Because that means that's somebody who sits on the witness stand, puts their hand on the Bible and says, You swear to tell the truth, whole truth, and the number of the truth, of I do. That that that's testimony that's appropriate in court. All right? So you don't lie in court because if you lie in court, that's perjury. You can go to jail for that. So when he talks about witnesses, Peter says, This stuff I saw myself. And it wasn't just me, it was other people too. We we would testify about this in court if called. Peter says, and we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews, don't miss that, and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Peter said, Jesus didn't just go about healing and working with Jews. He worked with everybody. Y'all remember the Syrophoenician woman. She's not a Jew. Healed her son. Right? Jesus never turned anybody away. He didn't have exclusive revivals. Right? Didn't charge a mission fee. He just went about teaching. Whoever came, came. That's who we have to emulate is Jesus. Can't turn anybody away. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, he, he said, both in the land of Jews and Jerusalem. Then he says, and, and what they did, what he got for that was they killed him. Now, Peter's trying to get them to understand. Jesus was so marvelous and miraculous in what he did that he wouldn't deny who he was even with the penalty of death. When Jesus, when he said they slew him and hanged him on a tree, those centurions in the room remembered, wait a minute. There's a dude who used to work with us. He was at Jerusalem. He was assigned to the cross. He took a spear and shoved it into the side of Jesus, pulled it out, and out came water and blood. A centurion, a Roman, said, Surely this is the Son of God. He wasn't a Jew. So Peter said, y'all heard about him because one of your boys was at was there. He was in charge. And your boys were also placed at the tomb on the penalty of death and had to make up a lie because he got out some kind of way. And it wasn't that he got out, it's just the Holy Spirit got in. Ah, yeah, yeah. Watch this now. Verse, verse uh, 40. Him... Him, Jesus. God raised up the third day, showed him openly. Peter said, yeah, I know the Jews caused Jesus to be crucified, but he got up. And I know that you thought when somebody died, that was it. But he got up. Peter said, I saw him. I wouldn't be here if I hadn't seen him. I'm telling y'all now, I didn't trust Thomas. I didn't trust Matthias. I didn't trust, I I, I, I didn't trust Brother Luke. I didn't trust Matthew. No, I didn't. Peter said, I I told him, I'm going fishing. They talked to me about something, man, y'all crazy. I'm going fishing. I saw him. Spirits don't eat. I ate with him, had breakfast with him on the seashore. I saw him. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life telling people about the one true and living God. I saw him. Verse 41 Not to all the people but under witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. I just mentioned that. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that he is, which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. Keep going to give him all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins. Last two while Peter yet spake these words, The Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word, these Gentiles, and they of the circumcision, which believed were astonished, not Peter, as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, this gift that he's talking about here is not the gift of speaking in unknown tongues. This is the gift of being able to speak a language that you haven't been trained how to speak. What's the purpose of that? It's not the same as, the, as, the, as, as the, uh, of the gift of tongues. This is done so that you can then go to people who speak the language you speak and tell them about Jesus in that language. What makes it miraculous is you can go to people at their own level and teach them something because they didn't know Hebrew. You can't teach Hebrew to somebody who speaks uh, 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 Aram, uh, uh, somebody who pre- uh, uh, speaks uh, Italian, but those Italians were able to speak about God in, the, uh, in Italian. And that's how the gospel spread. And while they were there, it fell on them. Listen, the, everybody was astonished. People are shocked when people get breakthroughs. People are shocked When people get delivered people are shocked when people get what God has for them but I want to tell you something before you leave here today you can't stop God from reaching those who reach out to him you can be astonished you can be shocked you can think it's crazy but I'm telling you when you put yourself in a position to hear from God there is nothing he can't do you don't don't read for you to be shocked and, and upset I can't believe so-and-so got said, Yeah, because you're not doing the saving. God is no respecter of persons. God bless you. See you next week.